The best of our knowledge explores topics on learning, education, and research. Coming up, many educators will say teaching can be a thankless job. A new app aims to help the entire school community share praise. We'll speak with the CEO of company Highlight. And with the College of St. Rose set to close in June, a nearby college wants to help students continue their studies. I'm Lucas Willard, host of The Best of Our Knowledge. You're listening to The Best of Our Knowledge. I'm Lucas Willard. Many educators will say teaching can be a thankless job. Stress and workload in the classroom can lead to burnout. Now, as more technology is being integrated into instruction, a new app aims to help the entire school community, teachers, students, and staff, share praise. Claire Smith is a former 7th grade math teacher and a co-founder and CEO of Highlight. The Louisiana-based company says its app, designed for teachers, is to drive purpose, satisfaction, and retention. I caught up with Smith to learn more. From my first month as a teacher, I quickly realized that I was going to be unable to do this job without technology. I still don't understand how people did it before. Like how you grade all those papers, how you keep up to date on all of your students. Um, and I, I've quickly learned that technology was a really easy way for me to make sure all of my students were engaging with me and I could engage with them and that they could engage with each other. So I, I picked that up very early on. So, so it was kind of a natural um, direction for me to want to think about it in tech terms. Um, we, I had sort of and most teachers across the country already do this, right? They have some form of shout-out practice every day in their classroom. It's completely a best practice. I have no world whatsoever invented, you know, compliments or shout-outs or saying nice things about each other. People have different names. Um, but I, another thing I, I learned in that time was that some of my students were really comfortable doing it out loud and some of them weren't. Um, uh, especially after COVID, people were, you know, a lot of my kids were didn't know how to talk to each other the same way. They were really nervous. They were uncomfortable with it. Um, we had masks on, so it just felt weird. So um, I found that writing it, having them write out their compliments silently during their lesson starter um, was the easiest way to make sure everyone was engaged, right? And everyone could do it and would do it. And then I would go home that night. I'd read through them all. They were all anonymous. And um, I would then post them the next day so everyone could see them. And we would then, they would, so they would have written them, they would see them, and then we would anonymously, we would read them out loud. Um, and that, yeah. After the students in the classroom started doing it, how long did it take for other teachers in the building or other staff members to notice and say, uh, one of my students was talking about <laughs> this thing that you do at your start of your math class where you read these compliments how long did it take before the idea started spreading? Yeah, so a lot of little things. So it started in each classroom, right? And of course, 
kids would send compliments to students in their classroom, right? That's how it would start. And then I would start to hear about how they, how they partnered in English earlier that day and this awesome thing that happened. So I would start to learn about things that were happening way outside of just my class, which was super helpful for me, which is like why Highlight's really helpful for administrators. Like you, you learn all of this stuff that you wouldn't know. Um, and then I also started uh, writing them out on um, like whiteboard pads, like whiteboard paper and posting them uh, outside of my classroom because it was obvious that one of the most powerful things was other kids seeing it and other people seeing it, right? And and I started to notice, too, that some of the, the compliments would be started to grow across classes, right? Like kids would start to send them across classes, and then all of a sudden it became cool to, like, say nice things about people in period four and period six and period two, right? So, like, that quickly became a thing, like, this... It's not just receiving it, right? That's, that's hugely important. And it's not just sending it, which is also hugely important. We don't talk about enough, right? Like learning how to say those nice things. Um, not just students, also adults. But, but making it visible normalizes it, makes it easier for other people to do when it's not always easy to do, especially for adults. And then by posting it out, you know, normalizes it and shares it with other people so more people start to do it and then they're, you're more likely to get them so you're more likely to send them and teachers would see them, other teachers or the custodians would see them posted outside my classroom and um, and yeah, and then they started, I don't know, I sort of was like, I, students also would post a lot, would send nice things to me which I would never post, right? And then I was sort of like, that does feel good, I should do it for someone else. So it sort of felt like a natural next step. The return from COVID lockdowns was like a reintroduction to social society. I think we all had to do a little relearning uh, after being separated for so long. And, you know, we're adults talking about this, but I can't imagine how hard it was for students. Uh, So do you think that having this tool and encouraging communication uh, caught the students in what began in your seventh grade math classes, (laughs) caught them up uh, before maybe students in other classes or other schools just by having this simple tool? Yeah, um, I do. I think, you know, all of the research shows that a positive learning environment is critical to student performance. And, you know, teacher relationships with students are critically important, and we need teachers to feel well in order to have those strong relationships. But students need to feel safe with their classroom, with the rest of their class. They need, in order to be collaborative and learn from their peers and and be in a place where they can fully achieve everything they want to achieve. They need to feel connected and wanted and and that sense of belonging. And there was no way to have that. Like it was hard already in school to have that before COVID. And then it literally was like, you can't share markers. You can't sit near each other. Don't even masks on. Don't even look that way because you're breathing in the wrong direction. Right. So, so it, it took all of the problems that already existed in making it challenging to build connection in a classroom and exacerbated them tenfold. So it, it kind of was like, well, we have to focus on this. This has to be a priority because we will not, until these kids feel comfortable sharing and learning and thinking about actual math, they need to feel safe in this environment. So tell me about your own tech experience. Did you have any uh, prior experience in coding or app development or anything else before you know, highlights became a much larger operation? Uh, you know, I took one computer science class in college and CS 101 and learned how much I have 
no idea about coding, but that was, it's been a really helpful framework for me in understanding sort of how it works. Conveniently, my best friend in college, my roommate all four years, Chrissy Taft, um, is a software developer, has been for eight years in healthcare tech. And um, once I had, I'd been doing this in my classroom a little bit with kids and once I wanted to grow it, you know, so it wasn't just, it was so manual for me. Like it was so much work every single night I was doing this, but it was so worth it because I knew the impact it had. Um, You know, I called her one day crying and I was like totally overwhelmed, totally defeated. And I was like, you know, this is the most important thing I'm doing and I, I really believe in it. It's so much work and everyone's so depressed, like, can you help me make this something that is, like, actually something I can do, and not in a business way whatsoever, like, just for my classroom, Um, and she was, like, duh, best friend, and so she helped me um, build it first, again, just for my classroom, Um, and since, you know, after that first year, seeing the impact it had, I was, like, we got to see if this can work in other schools. It has, this, this is a problem everywhere. So I left that year to sort of pursue like testing, seeing if it work, would work in other places. She kept her job. And then at the end of that year, um, she, she left and is now building it full time and is crushing it. So you hit the road after teaching. You said, this is my calling. I'm going to continue working on this program. Yeah. Well, it was just, it was so obvious to me that it was, like, it's an action-oriented solution. Like, we're not listening to teachers. We're not listening to students either. We, we shifted, obviously, to teachers first. But, like, we can do, we can talk about people connecting. We can talk about people belonging. But, like, and we can keep putting leaders in charge of, like, having a positive culture and, and making sure everyone feels good together. But, like, that's not going to do anything, right? Like, you need people to have strategies to connect with one another on their own. It can't just be one person in charge of 100 people having a good relationship. Like, that's not fair. That's not fair to principals. That's not fair to le- That's not how that's going to work. Like, we need something where people can easily take action and contribute and and have ownership in strengthening their culture because they are a part of it and you know it's it's harder for some people than others but we can make it easier so it's now 2023 so it's been a couple of years since this project started how many school districts have partnered with highlight uh, to use the technology in their schools so at this moment we are in 30 schools which is great because last year we were in three so we jumped from three to 30 Um, and we're working with a bunch of schools and districts to partner for next, uh, for the, you know, winter, winter year. Um, and then we're expecting to be in around a hundred for next year, which is exciting. Um, but yeah. So let's talk about the app itself because we're talking about the mission and we're talking about the benefits, but I want to know actually about what the uh, program looks like because, I've heard comparisons of Highlight to actually the uh, social feed of Venmo, the money sharing app, where you get a little peek (laughs) into what your friends are doing when they're sending uh, money to each other for utilities or a slice of pizza or a dinner out or something like that. Um, I've also sort of heard a a comparison to Twitter. What do you compare it to? Yeah, um, I love that because one of our goals is to be as easy as social media, right? Because it does come naturally. And the teachers are, I read this morning that 
the average teacher is using 42 different ed tech platforms right now, um, which is ridiculous. And we're not trying to be a comp, you know, we want this to be simple. Um, we emphasis on the social, right? We want this to be something that, that makes, that brings people together. Um, but so I think in that way, we're a lot like Instagram, except that we're not photos. So I shouldn't say that. So Twitter, so more like Twitter, we're not yet photos, more like Twitter, um, a little bit like LinkedIn, um, just because the feed, the feed piece, um, and Venmo because the feed piece, uh, how we're not like social media is we don't do comments and we don't do likes and there's no private messaging at this time. So we're trying to be an online tool that really strengthens offline relationships, right? So what's different about highlight compared to most social medias is that we, there's at this time, the way it's set up for schools and districts, there's already a network created. We're not building a new network. You, your network is defined. It is the employees of Hudson city school district, right? Or Hudson high. And instead of being one where you're like posting to gain new and, and build beyond and, and find people who aren't in your network, like you're posting with people who are already there. So we don't need, you know, all the comments. You can have those conversations in the hall because you're going to see each other later, right? You're going to walk by each other on your way to bus duty. Um, but if you might not have something to talk about if you have no way of seeing that, right? Um, so it's, it's a way to sort of spark offline conversations, which is a different so form of social engagement. It's, it's remarkable. It's, you're taking one of the key pieces out of social media, which is that interaction, those likes, those comments, those shares, and you're stripping it down to almost just the bare information. So looking ahead with this very simple platform, how do you make sure that it stays true to its mission? Do you think that adding more features, adding likes, adding shares would take away from it? You know, we are really, really trying to listen to teachers who are actually using it, right? Because again, I was a teacher using a very different sort of basic version of this. I've never been one using this, you know, extreme one. Um, so we are really trying to listen. I think that being simple, like I mentioned before, 42 ed tech platforms is the average. It's insane. We're not, we're not trying to be something um, enormously complicated. We're not trying to go anywhere close to the evaluation, observation, coaching. You know, I think what has been so um, challenging in a way that I'm so obsessed with about Highlight is that recognition is such a precious concept. And it's so easy to weaponize recognition into something like uh, trophies or something people need. And when you start to attach it to um, too many things and build it to make it too complicated, it starts to become evaluative. It starts to become all of these things that it's not. When at the end of the day, it's, it's connecting people. It's making, it's, it's seeing people. It's showing that you value someone else and, and making sure someone else feels valued. So that all is to say that keeping it simple will make sure that we are being very true to this very, very singular small muscle in the education system, which is making teachers feel valued and feel connected and build morale and build culture in that way. Um, this little, little muscle that we've been totally neglecting, which is why a big, is one reason of many why it's, our system is failing. Um, I do think we hear a lot Occasionally we get, I wish I could like 
because I do like, right? I like this highlight that someone sent. I agree with it. I want that person to know that I agree with it. So we've talked about, we were thinking about having a like feature where if you post something about Miss um, Smith, I can like it, but the only person who sees that it was liked is Miss Smith, right? So we're thinking about, about how we can, you know, make our goal is highlighting, so sharing all these great things are, that are happening, but also making people feel good. Um, so making sure people feel good in a way that's controlled and not making other people feel bad, not that that's ever. Um, I do see a lot, you know, they say pictures uh, are worth a thousand words, and a lot of people ask us if they, you know, when we're going to add pictures so people can post, you know, that bulletin board you made, made is beautiful and like makes the hall so cheery. Instead of saying that, you could post a picture of it. Um, there's some liability there around like posting kids' faces and that, so we're a little worried about that. Um, it's hard because there's so many ways we could go with it, but we, no one's pushed us too aggressively in any way yet. So we're really just trying to listen. And last thing I wanted to ask, Claire, is about your own experience using Highlight or using the prototype and what eventually became Highlight. Uh, is there any interaction that stands out in your mind, either a, a compliment that was directed towards you or directed towards one of your students from either another student or another staff member that you found particularly inspiring and something that you know, that you look back on and say, this is why this is important. This is the moment and the feeling that I want to recreate for other people who are using this platform. Yeah, I think the ones that happened, the many, I, I met the first week that I did it. So um, the custodian, Mr. Jason, coming to me, a man who rarely spoke, right, was, you know, sort of on the outsides, but remarkably helpful. Um, coming to my classroom in front of my students crying, right, showing that vulnerability, which an older man in St. Bernard Parish, Louisiana, showing that, um, and sending me this long text later, you know, like a two-paragraph text about how much it meant to him. His wife is, like, printing it out. Um, you don't see... I, I hadn't seen that reaction from any custodian before, let alone really any, any teacher. And it was nothing that I had done, right? Like, it was, it was a little mes message that someone else had sent. Um, and it was so easy. It was so simple. Like, it's something that clearly he was craving. Um, I, I remember the text said something along the lines of, um, this is why I come back every day. And it's like, yeah. Right? Like teachers, people who work in schools have chosen this job, yes, for a salary. And yes, their salary should be higher, obviously. But they knew their salary going in. There's something else that they want to be on that. Right? People who work in schools want to help kids. They want to help their communities. They want to make people better. They want to make a difference. Right? And they do every single day. But when you're in it for so long, and I felt this so deeply, like it starts to feel like you're not making any difference at all. It's like it's, it can become so defeating and like, why am I here? Which is ridiculous because teachers are doing so like hundreds of highlights every single period, but no one sees them. Right. So it's that idea that teachers, educators, school staff want to make a difference. That's something they sought in this job and we haven't been giving it to them in addition to not giving them a salary. And this is something we can do easily. Um, he wasn't the only teacher that cried. Um, 
I remember the science teacher and the English teachers both came to my room. Um, and I, you know, it's such an emotional job. And I, I certainly cried all the time. But, like, those sort of happy cries were, were much fewer and far between. Um, those ones that are like, I'm crying because, like, I love this so much. Not because this is so hard, I feel like I'm failing every single day. Um, so I think that's why that week stands out to me so much. Claire, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me about Highlight. I appreciate it. Um, for those who are curious about it, is there a place they can find more information? Yes. Um, our website is www.hilightedu.com. Um, that's highlightedu.com, but we spell highlight H-I-L-I-G-H-T. Um, yeah, that's the best place to find us. Claire Smith is a former seventh grade math teacher and co-founder and CEO of classroom-based social app Highlight. You're listening to The Best of Our Knowledge. I'm Lucas Willard. Last week on The Best of Our Knowledge, we brought you news about the closure of the College of St. Rose, a private liberal arts college in Albany, New York. Without enough funding to operate a full 2024-2025 academic year, the 103-year-old institution will close in June. The chair of the college's board of trustees cited declining enrollment linked to a shrinking pool of high school graduates and the COVID-19 pandemic for the financial stress on the college. St. Rose students are now scrambling to find a place to continue their studies as the college works with other institutions to develop teach-out agreements. Though formal agreements had not yet been announced, Russell Sage College reached out to students. The private school, which has campuses in Albany and Troy, New York, recently held an information session. The best of our knowledge is Samantha Simmons reports. With the private college confirming it will close after the 2024 spring semester, discussion about teach-out plans has ramped up. An institution must provide teach-out plans to its accrediting body on how it will assist students as it plans to close. They often include agreements with other institutions to ensure as smooth of a transition as possible. Though not required for a student to transfer, the agreement may help students receive more credit transferability and financial aid than a typical transfer student would. While no formal agreement is in place, Russell Sage is hosting information sessions for students to learn about their options. Katie Cooney-Lesko, Vice President for Enrollment Management at Russell Sage, says she is heartbroken for the community. Colleges have transfer students all the time, but we felt that it was important before break to be able to get the right information to the students about how transfer processes work, you know, helping support St. Rose, clarifying what a teach-out agreement would look like, helping students, reassuring students to be able to stay at St. Rose for the spring semester if that's what they want to do for their choice. Cooney Lesko says after reviewing policies, the private college with Albany and Troy campuses will match financial aid offered at St. Rose and has other scholarships available. 
were less expensive than St. Rose and an affordable option for students. We have uh, strong merit scholarships uh, for the undergraduate experience. The graduate school, we actually have a, a low cost as well. And so making sure students understand that transferring also can come with a strong merit scholarship and and that they can, we will make it affordable, you know, we will help students try to make it affordable for the families, it really does matter. Meanwhile, Congressman Paul Tonko, a Democrat representing the 20th District, says federal support for St. Rose is not off the table. He spoke on WAMC's Congressional Corner. They were an essential uh, economic multiplier and, uh, and a resource for higher education. So we'll continue to work with their team to see if there's any possible way that we can uh, provide from a federal perspective any assistance that would enable them to uh, go forward with some sort of format. The closure not only affects students. Businesses in the area have expressed worry about more than 80 St. Rose buildings downtown clearing out. Cooney Lesko says with the large pool of colleges and universities in the region, many students may choose to stay in Albany. If we at Russell Sage don't have the co- the major, then University of Albany could, Siena could, um, RPI you know, might be able to, Albany College of Pharmacy. So there's so many institutions that are in our area. I think that the students Given the given the information and the time to look, uh, they will be able to find a transition and then be able to stay in that Albany community. Speaking with WAMC following the announcement by St. Rose College President Marsha White, students said they doubted there would be a sincere effort to help them transition. Bella Nicotina, a sophomore studying early childhood and childhood education, says students were not given a chance to express their concerns. All they did was talk about how the college did what they could, but they didn't talk about what happens to us who have to find another college, like, who aren't graduating. Like, everybody's like, oh, thank God I'm graduating next semester. What about me? I still have to find a school for two other years. Cooney Lesko says while the college is giving St. Rose time to reorganize, she expects a teach-out agreement between the two colleges will come together. The college plans to hold more information sessions in the coming months. St. Rose says it will continue operating through the first summer session and spring sports teams will compete as scheduled. It says dorms, dining halls, and other campus services will be active through the closure. The final graduation ceremony will be held May 11th. The college says it is working with a number of institutions to finalize teach-out agreements to smooth the transfer process. Reporting for the best of our knowledge, I'm Samantha Simmons. Russell Sage College says it offers 14 bachelor's degree programs that align with programs at the College of St. Rose. The institution notes that many former students enrolled at Russell Sage College when St. Rose discontinued several academic majors in 2020. Russell Sage says it will accept all earned credits with a grade of C- or better, and that tuition costs at Russell Sage will not exceed the cost of tuition at the College of St. Rose. The Middle States Commission on Higher Education, an organization that performs peer evaluation and accreditation for private colleges in several states, says institutions are required to submit written, comprehensive, and implementable plans and agreements for review and approval prior to implementation.
This has been The Best of Our Knowledge, episode 1734. The Best of Our Knowledge is a national production of WAMC, Northeast Public Radio. Thanks to associate producer Jody Cowan, the latest on all national productions programs is available via the Airwaves newsletter and our flagship station's website, wamc.org. Until next time, I'm Lucas Willard.